I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 163. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. It might be funny to admit on this podcast, but I'm not a fangirl when it comes to Christian music. I mean, I love music. I even have a few artists that I enjoy almost everything that they put out. But I don't go to that many concerts, and I don't really follow individual artists, although I read a lot about them as I'm doing my research for my podcast. I know that sounds crazy, but if you've been a listener for a long time, you know that I see Christian music as a tool and as a boost that provides inspiration to dive into my true love, which is God's Word. However, I'm sure you can relate to this, but there are certain songs that touch my heart and my life in a particular season, especially, uh, it kind of they make their way into this soundtrack of my life, and it connects me um, in that season to an artist in a roundabout way. And Mandisa is one of those artists for me. Her song "Overcomer" is still one of my favorites. I mean. When my friend Terry puts Overcomer as the ringtone that plays when I call her, (laughs) you know. So when Unfinished by Mandisa was released, I grabbed it and I instantly knew where to go in scripture. And I'm just wondering, have you heard it yet? He started something good. There's this beautiful place in Paul's letter to to the Philippians that refers to this unfinished work of Christ in us. Paul opens his letter, letting the Philippians know how he prays for them. He says, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I'm certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ returns. Four verses. So much in just four verses. And before I break it down, I want to share with you the bites for the week. Now, BITE is an acronym for Bible Interaction Tool Exercise. And these are exercises that I actually use myself to mix up my time in God's Word each week. And last week, I asked you to make index cards to review verses. I made those index cards with you. You know, sometimes you might think to yourself, Michelle, 
you use context almost every week. Because, dear friend, context, in my opinion, is the most powerful bite. And what happens if you're in God's Word and you think of a Bible interaction tool exercise that I didn't mention as a challenge for that week? Oh my goodness, please use it. I'm hoping that through continued exposure to different tools, you will find a few that work best for you. But within that, that you'll continue to be open to trying new ones. So this week, the first Bible interaction tool exercise is to slow down. And when I typed out the four verses I just read in my notes a couple of weeks ago, a couple of things jumped out at me that I'm going to share with you. But they may not have been as obvious if I was reading over it too fast. So by typing it out, a part of slowing down today, I, I typed it out. And, and, as, and part of what we're going to talk about today is that we're just going to stay in this small chunk of scripture, which I know shocks most of you because I do like to read larger chunks and in context and all of that. Sometimes more is more and sometimes less is more. And so there's value in both. You need to try both in your Bible study. And this week, we're really going to hone in on less. The second bite is to journal. And I know for some of you, your journal is as close to you as breathing. You can't imagine life without processing your thoughts in a journal. And others of you, like my husband, may think journal, that is not for me. And the thing about journaling this week is that processing the answers uh, as you think about this idea in scripture and our song about being unfinished, processing some of that on paper, writing out it out or typing it out. It's really going to help you solidify what you're thinking and may just very well open up your heart and your spiritual ears to hear from the Holy Spirit in new ways. And then finally, uh, I want you to explore a variety of translations. You may be surprised at what reading a potentially familiar phrase or verse in scripture, how that may change as you explore alternate translations. So those are the bites. Let's jump back to our verses, shall we? So again, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. For you've been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ returns. First of all, our focus phrase is, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ returns. Or as our song says, you're unfinished. (laughs) But I want to know the immediate context of why Paul said that. And that's when we discover that it is an additional statement that Paul makes after expressing to the Philippians that he thinks of them and he gives Thank, uh, God thanks for them and he prays for them. And the first thing that jumped out at me was that Paul's first phrase offers us a fantastic model to follow. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Now, my husband is in his car quite a bit because of his various responsibilities and roles in our businesses and other obligations that he has. And he uses that time to pray. His vehicle is his prayer closet. He's alone and on the interstate and can really focus on his prayers. I tend to turn on the radio, don't you? (laughs) And while I love the reinforcement Christian music offers to keeping my mind fixed on God, it often is just background noise keeping me from an opportunity to pray. Another really great habit he has, my husband, is to pray for people as they come to his mind. And this is what Paul is saying here. He doesn't say, when I review my prayer list and see your name, he says, 
every time I think of you. Now, merely thinking of someone does not mean that you are taking the next step of thanking God for them or praying for them. And what if every time someone comes to your mind, we thank God for them and lift them up in prayer? My husband takes another wonderful step. And when someone comes to his mind and he prays for them, he will then text them and let them know. Hopefully not while he's in his car driving. But, uh, and I cannot tell you the number of times that the response has been. So he texts them, hey, was thinking of you today, lifting you up in prayer. And the response is almost always, wow, you have no idea the timing of this. In fact, that has happened over and over so many times. The timing has been so profound that he's begun to understand that not only does he just happen to think of people, but God himself is bringing bringing these people to his mind. And if you apply nothing else than than just that simple habit, I want you to try it. I want you to think about people. I want you to pray for people. And then I want you to text them and see what happens. But what does all that start with? Well, it starts with a little space some margin, some quiet. And I don't know how hard it will be to eke that out for you, but maybe it's just one less podcast or no music while you wash dishes or like my husband, turn off the radio while you drive. But once you make the space, then every time someone comes to your mind, thank God for them. And then take the next step. And what did Paul say next? He says, whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. For you've been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. So Paul would thank God for them every time they came to his mind. And then he would present his requests for all with joy. That sounds great. Unless, well, what happens when God brings that person to your mind? Are you tempted to skip him in giving thing, in the giving thanks to God step? Are you tempted to request that God change her, not bless her? Can, you, can your requests when they come to mind really be made with joy? You know who I'm talking about. I don't think this is an exaggeration on Paul's part. I think he really meant all. And I think it takes maturity and practice to really make requests for all, to be thankful for all. Uh, I spent a week with all of our eighth grade students and their parents in Washington, D.C. on a field trip recently, and it was amazing. It was exhausting. Uh, It made me glad God only gave me one middle schooler at a time in my home. Can I get an amen? Talk about unfinished, right? Middle schoolers have this uh, habit of categorizing groups of people and um, naming them. And it just breaks my heart because God made each of those children. And I'm pretty sure that they are missing out on getting to know some pretty great people because of the groups that they've allowed themselves to segment and to be part of and then to push away other groups and all that. And I was sharing my woeful feelings about this with a coworker because I was just like, I wish they wouldn't do that. And I, I wish they could just see and get to know each other. And they don't all have to be best friends. But if they quit segmenting each other and she said, well, didn't you do that? And just reminding me to calm down and not get all worked up when my middle schooler is unfinished. And then as I journaled about this idea of being unfinished, 
I tried to do what I call journal the crazy out. Now, this is when you write down everything that you're feeling, the raw and real emotions, the thoughts that pop into your head. These are the thoughts that you would normally filter, okay? So this is why it's going to be real important for you to journal this week. Perhaps ponder and come to different conclusions even because you you do take down that filter and you can see it raw and real on the paper or on the page. And it's okay. Don't filter. Even if deep down you don't believe what you've just written, if it pops into your head, write it down. Now, some of you are tactile. You'll have an actual journal. Some of you can just type it out in the notes app on your phone or iPad. And some will just grab a scratch piece of paper or a napkin from the glove glove box. And I just want you to know where you record these thoughts is less important than writing or typing them out. I talk things out to... (laughs) I know you're shocked by that, but trust me when I say that writing it out will be more effective. Maybe you don't have a middle schooler. It's okay. Think of a Christian you love who you have unfulfilled hopes and dreams for. Like that person that if they could just fill in the blank, right? And write that down, what you feel about them and their responses to the situation. Write down what you wish they would do, what you wish God would do, what you wish you could say, what you wish they would say. It's important that we're talking about a Christian here because we certainly can't expect non-believers to be new creations. We do it all the time, but we really can't expect non-believers to act like believers. I think we get trapped in that from time to time. But part of journaling the crazy out is admitting when something doesn't stand true. One time I journaled that I was jealous of a friend's mentor. And the thing was that when I really thought about it, I wasn't jealous at all. I myself had a wonderful mentor that I connected with in ways that were fulfilling and encouraging and good. My mentor got me and we thought a lot alike. I was coveting my friend's mentor and when I really journaled about it, I realized that they connected in ways that were fulfilling and encouraging and good too because they were totally different than I was. I couldn't have the same kind of mentor relationship with her mentor because her mentor was nothing like me, didn't get me in the same way. I say all that to say when I journaled it out, I wrote, I'm jealous of her mentor. And then I wrote out to the side, no, I'm not. God has provided for me. And that day, I journaled the crazy out and released myself from a limiting belief that wasn't even true. So sometimes when you journal the crazy out, you'll find that you're actually in sin. And so journaling the crazy out might just look a whole lot like confessing. And we know that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And another thing that giving yourself margin and the freedom to just write things out as they come is that it can act like a mirror. Remember the unfinished middle schoolers I was talking about? Well, they call each other names because they think it's funny. Well, adults, we call each other names when we don't agree with someone or want to feel better about ourselves. We do the same thing. And so when giving my daughter advice about having compassion for her friends who are merely growing up and unfinished, I caught a glimpse of my own self-righteous reflection when I want to write people off because they don't respond in a manner I think appropriate. Remember the bite of reading in a different translation? Well, this is how our memory verse reads in the New American Standard Version, uh, NASB. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. He who began a good work in you will perfect it. He'll complete it, but it won't be complete until Christ's return. But more than that, he'll perfect it, carried with it this idea that he will keep working 
on you. And while that may bring you angst that you'll never arrive, it should comfort you. It was a comment made after a prayer for them. It's a reason for prayer. You know, that, that person that God has brought to your mind, he's not finished with them yet. They're not beyond his perfecting power. Perfecting takes time. It's a long process. A lifelong is implied by this verse. It's a shaving off of the rough edges, a chipping away to reveal the perfect shape, a molding and breaking down and remolding of a life dedicated to the Lord. One more verse, and I never would have seen it had I not looked at it in a different translation. And Psalm 57, 2 in the Amplified Version says, I will cry to God Most High, who performs on my behalf and rewards me, who brings to pass his purposes for me and surely completes them. Be encouraged, friend. He has purposes for you that he has every intention of completing in you. But in the meantime, cut yourself some slack. You're unfinished. And then pray for the believers in your life and remember that they are unfinished too. So what's next? Well, spend some time in Philippians chapter 1 this week. For grins, you could read all of Philippians, all four chapters, and then focus in on our four focus verses. And as believers come to your mind, thank God for them, all of them, and then pray for them with joy, remembering that they are unfinished. Finally, journal your thoughts this week. Uh, It may be the most effective way to get the crazy out and allow God to perfect you too. And while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. Hop on Twitter at michellekneezat or Facebook, Michelle L. Nizat, And let's talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to shout out to Colleen from Ohio, Catherine from Virginia, Donna from Tennessee, Patricia from California, Katie from Washington, Patty from Colorado, Bridget from Indiana, Deb from Minnesota, Maddie from Texas, Joe from Kansas, Nina from Ohio, Yvonne from Texas, Connie from Arkansas, Leanne from Kansas, Hugh from West Virginia, Teresa from Colorado, and Patsy from Missouri. These are my newest subscribers to my website, welcome. Now, the benefit of subscribing is that I will email you once a week. And in that email, you'll get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can print it out. You'll also get an email recap of the week's episode and instant access to any of the extra resources that I create for my episodes from time to time. All of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. And now don't miss an episode of my podcast. You can subscribe in iTunes. And while you're there, if you would leave me a written review and a star rating, this encourages me, of course, but it helps me also stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use the song Love Broke Through by Toby Mac. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 163. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways. 